Hello and welcome to the Brookwood Ministries podcast. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us a pathway to peace. Let's join the pastors of Brookwood Care Ministries as we explore eight principles of growth in this care podcast series on the journey of healing. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Care Ministries podcast. My name is Josh Masters. I'm one of the associate care pastors here at Brookwood Church, and I have here with me two other fine gentlemen, Mr. Doug Wildman, who is our marriage and counseling pastor. Say hi, Doug. Hello there. We also have with us Gene Beckner, who's our care pastor. Hi, Gene. Hey. Glad that you guys are back. So this is our fifth episode of a series that we've been doing called The Journey of Healing, which is based on the eight principles that we use in our Celebrate Recovery and Landing ministry here at Celebrate Recovery. And w- the reason that we want to look at those is because they're they're not Scripture themselves, but they are a tool that we use to get into the Word and to connect with Christ and pursue Christ so that He can heal us. So in the previous four episodes, we looked at the first three principles, and we won't recap those right now, but they're sort of under the general category. What we say here in Brookwood is the seeking God category, where we're looking for God and connecting with God to start our relationship. Now, as we turn to principle four, this is a section where we look at being transformed by God. Once we recognize that there is a God and he wants to help us be transformed, then we have to let him transform us. So that brings us to principle four, which is everyone's favorite. Openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone that I trust. And the verse that goes with that from the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount is, happy are the pure in heart, for they will see God, Matthew 5, 8. So openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. And that's the first principle in being transformed by God. So, gentlemen, how important is it for us to come to a place where we can confess our struggles, confess our sins, confess what we're going through um, in order to have God transform us? Well, it's absolutely essential. Um... I mean, we have to be able to openly confess these things, be honest about them before we can deal with them. I mean, maybe that sounds like a obvious thing to say, but how how can we actually deal with something if we're not actually putting it on the table? Right. You have to sort of be willing to say what it is that you're trying to solve before you can actually come up with a, a plan between you and God to actually solve it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and... And even the the principle itself to examine, I mean, that's something that I think a lot of people uh, with a hurried lifestyle <clears throat> do not do. Um, don't take the time. You know, I'm, I'm when I speak with people a lot, I ask them about their quiet time or their time of being still. <clears throat> and sometimes I get laughs and, you know, people are kind of sheepish about it, but... Um, it's huge. I mean, God says, be still and know that I'm God. And some people are afraid of being still. They're afraid of what they're going to hear or what they're going to experience. But the scripture is full of examples of, of where God is saying, hey, examine, you know, examine your ways, examine your life. You know, even Jesus says, you know, hey, don't count the cost before you start to build a building. You know, so, and, you know, we've talked a lot about how to have revolution in your life. And we've talked about financial and emotional and, um, 
you know, with your health and your eating. But before you do any of that, you have to examine what's going on in order to see if there's a need to make any changes. And so for someone who's out there, yes, examining is the first part of transformation. Because if I don't examine, then how am I going to know something's wrong? You know, like the older people get, you know, they suggest you go get a yearly physical. Well, that's what it is. It's an examination to say, hey, what's going on? And you get a reading of everything, and then you can make changes based on that. And it's interesting how, you know, people will be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, uh, it makes sense to examine your finances. So we have Dave Ramsey, you know, and we have Financial Peace University. Or examine a situation that's going on in your life, like grief, or divorce, you know, the effects of divorce. and yeah. But yet, when it comes to this one, a lot of people are like, oh, now you're being super <laughs> spiritual here. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> but it doesn't say that I'm supposed to examine you. It says you're supposed to examine, you know. And Lamentations 340 says, let us examine and probe our ways, and then we can return to the Lord. So... Even if you begin to examine your life, you might think, well, no, I'm, I'm close to the Lord. Okay, that's great. But when you examine yourself and you start looking at your motivations, if you are pursuing that relationship with Jesus, you will end up getting closer. Mm-hmm, because right. there's always something that he's going to want to show us. Um, you know, Luke 15, 17 through 24, which is the prodigal son starts out with the prodigal son saying, then he came to his senses. So there had to be a moment where he said, wait a minute, everything's not the way that it could be. You know, and some people are going, well, you know, I'm not this big bad sinner. You know, I'm not cheating on my spouse. I'm not cheating on my taxes much. Um, I'm not. I mean, you know. Is that, is that a confession? Yeah, or? no, no, that's yeah, not okay. at all, okay. actually. I do my own taxes, but hopefully I'll get them right. It's but, hard to cheat on something you don't understand. This well, is true. Right? It's just, <laughs> there's not a lot. You know, there's not many numbers, so it's not, it's not difficult. Um, it's, it's beyond that. And we have to be careful that we don't equate sin with some kind of outward action. Because I can be hateful to you and never say a word to you. You know, I can, I can harbor lust. I can, I can harbor anger. I can ha- harbor um, being judgmental without ever saying a word, mm-hmm. and yet that's something that I need to examine. And that's really what the Sermon on the Mount, which is what these principles is based on, is all about. The Sermon on the Mount is about saying, you know, it's not about the actions, it's about your heart. Yes. So your outward appearance can be fine, but you're still sinning in your heart. You're yes. still breaking the Ten Commandments in your heart, right? And if there is a sin, let's say there is an... Uh, a sin that is in your life that when you are examining it, and this will kind of move into the the confession part, it's interesting. Uh, Psalm 32, 3 through 5 says, When I kept silent about my sin, mm-hmm. this is powerful, my body wasted away through my groaning all day. Yeah. So some people are afraid to examine because they're afraid of what they're going to see, but, but, the, but the result of not examining it Mm-hmm. And not getting to the point, like Doug said, about confessing it to God and to someone that you trust, it's it's having an impact on your body. It's it's you know it's wasting you away. That is so true. I, I 
I was talking to a guy the other day that embodies what you're saying. It's kind of, you know, one of those, I'm not sleeping at night. I'm having panic. But no, I, I'm, I'm okay. I've got it all together. It's almost like his body was actually saying something is not right. And yet he was not willing to acknowledge what was actually creating some of these things. Right. And a commonly used phrase that we use at Celebrate Recovery in the Landing is you're only as sick as your secrets. And that comes right out of that mm -hmm. verse that you read. Your secrets really can make you sick, which is one of the reasons that this isn't just saying to confess your sins to yourself and to God, but to someone else. Because keeping a secret mm -hmm. locked in mm -hmm. makes you physically and emotionally sick. Um, but it's a brave thing. You know, you said something, Gene, that's interesting, the idea of um, having God show you things. So when we examine ourselves, part of that is allowing God to show us things that we're not aware of, because our ability to justify our behavior and think it's okay is mm. remarkable. Yes. Um, so it's not just about examining yourself, but having God examine you Mm -hmm. and then report back. And that's a that's a brave thing to do. If you read Psalm 139 in verses 23 through 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Mm -hmm. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And that's a brave thing to do, to say, God, okay, just I'm opening myself up. Show me Show me what's wrong. Job did the same thing. Mm -hmm. In the book of Job, we see Job say, tell me what I've done wrong. Show me my rebellion and my sin. Mm -hmm. And do we have a close enough relationship with God where we feel safe to say, you know what, God, whatever you've got to point out in me for me to heal, show it to me. And that's why relationship is so important, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. But be prepared for the answer. Yeah. Yeah, be prepared for the answer. But like in Psalm, it's saying if you do that, he's going to show you the path of life. Right. You know, there's... Yeah. Because again, there may be some people listening to this who are like, well, I did confess to someone else or I brought it up and they shamed me or they made me feel bad about myself mm -hmm. or I felt bad about myself. Mm. Um, part of this examining and confessing is really learning how to align yourself with what God says about all of this, mm -hmm. not yourself. You know, because sometimes we can condemn ourselves, and God saying there's no condemnation in for you in Christ Jesus, which is Romans eight one. But I also can't turn a a a, a blind eye to it either. You know, right. I mean, there's there's both sides of that fence that people play. You know, I can't, like, well, God's just going to forgive me. Well, yes, he does forgive you, but it's also, there's consequences to this. Mm -hmm. And just like if your health, like what Doug was describing, if you're not sleeping at night, if you go to a doctor, a doctor's going to say, well, let's take a look at everything that's going on in your life, and he's going to ask you to examine yourself. He's going to say, are you drinking caffeine? How are you eating? You know, Are you drinking alcohol? Are you getting enough exercise? All those things. And then the doctor makes suggestions and says, hey, if you do these things, let's see if this is going to help. The great thing about God is when God, when you do that with God and God says, I'm pointing these things out to you, and here, by the way, is the path back to life, 
that's a promise. That's not a, well, we're going to see if this works. He's going, no, it does work. Right. And my last kind of soapbox thing is, is I think when people say they're afraid to do this or they're like, well, I don't really want to ask God for patience because then I'll be waiting all day or something like that. You know, and they'd kind of laugh and joke, or I don't want to really turn my life over to God because he's going to, you know, I'm going to end up being a missionary in a foreign country. I think it's way more personal than that. I think the biggest thing that I have seen that people struggle with is submitting to God's thoughts and his ways, even about that person. And that could happen on both sides. One, he could, they're afraid that he's going to tell them, no, what you're doing is not right, and it's hurting you, and it's hurting others. And so I'm bringing it to your attention so that you'll Mm -hmm. change. I think that's one side. And the other side is, as funny as it sounds, they don't believe that God loves them. And so when God says, I'm not condemning you, like Jesus did with with the woman that was brought, you know, in front of him, with the case of adultery and the woman at the well, he said it both times, sin no more. Mm. I I think people reject God's love for them because they have been under oppression or they've been under this thought process that they're no good mm-hmm. and that because they're not perfect, they're not they're not welcomed by God. And I think people are almost afraid of the love, as funny as that sounds, because they don't think they're worthy enough for it. So the principle says, and again, this isn't Scripture, but it's it's mined from Scripture, to openly examine and confess my faults to three people, first myself, then to God, and then to someone I trust. And you probably want to stress that word, someone I trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do you think it's important for you to do all three of those, or do you not think it's important to do all three of those? I do think that there are times when it is vitally important to connect with another human being to actually um, have that person be someone that you go to to confess your faults, mm-hmm. your sins. Um, I would, I personally find that to be the, the most difficult of these three. Um, and that you know, I, I think that it's actually seeing another human being sitting there in front of you. Um, but it can be an incredibly powerful experience, too, um, to have someone um, that you can see that is speaking um, to you and listening on behalf of God. Mm-hmm. Um, we had had this huge discussion yesterday that went on for probably two and a half hours about this and, and how... Uh, how important it is that we um, that we have people that we can go to that are understanding where we're coming from, but speaking speaking the truth in love. So and we'll pray for you, and we'll pray for sincerely. you sincerely. Yeah. Right. So so we do agree it's important to confess to someone else in addition to God. Mm-hmm. And it's do you find it strange, Gene, that it says that you have to confess your faults to yourself? No, because, I mean, the Bible says that the, the heart is wicked. Right. You know, so we can we can be self-deceived easily. You know, we can rationalize anything. Yeah. Um, and there is value in coming to that place of 
awareness with God's help of what's happening on the inside of me. And hopefully that prompts us to go to God and to go to someone that we trust. Because again, that scripture that we looked at, which was James 5, you know, starting around verse 13 and going through 16 or 17, dealing with coming before the elders to be anointed with oil for healing. It says to confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Right. And so there's something that is freeing when you find that person you can trust and you say, look, I've been, I've been holding this secret or this, there's a sin that's in my life or even just admitting maybe it's a a thought process that's wrong. You know I mean? Let's, if we're going to really get down to it, I've seen people released from, from bondage because they were able to verbalize. I don't think God loves me. I think God hates me. And just saying it out loud and then having someone that was there in front of them to say, let me show you through God's word. You may not have experienced it yet, Mm -hmm. but let me show you what his word says. Yes. Let's start digging into what his word says and then let's start praying for those experiences where you begin to experience his love. But I've also seen it too where somebody finally admits a sin and the release begins the healing process. Right. And one thing that we have to, I think we have to caution people is, again, some people will confess to another person, but they'll never go to God with it. Yep. Because yep. they get the validation from the person who says, oh, I, I understand that sin. I, I struggle with it myself, or it's not that bad. You know, and sometimes that person does a disservice by not, taking that person to the Lord or suggesting that they go to the Lord. Now, on the flip side, some people will go to the Lord all day long, and they'll be like, well, he forgives me, so you can't judge me, so I'm not telling you. Mm. And so there's a balance there. And to me, I think that's where the value comes in, is that there are three, three areas here, is that, you know, yourself, but others, and God. And, it's, and, and having that in, in a tandem, I think, mm-hmm. helps more of a holistic because then you end up having a closer relationship with someone because they know you at that level and they're not rejecting you or turning away from you. Right. You know, and in some cases they may end up telling you something. And so then you're able to share as brothers or sisters in Christ. And again, another uh, point of caution here, men should be confessing to men and women should be confessing to women. We shouldn't really have the, the cross gender thing, because uh, there's a lot of trouble that can come out of that as well. Oh, yes. Unless it's your spouse, of course. Sure. Yeah. Because God designed us to live in community. Right. Right? Like, that's how we're structured, is mm-hmm. to live in community. So when even if we go to God, if we're trying to live in isolation um, in our confession, like, that's not how we're designed to function. W- once I started learning how to have transparent relationships with other strong Christian men— the freedom that I found was incredible. I didn't realize how many things I was hiding from. I've gone to groups with men and kept my head down as I confessed something, thinking I would look up and see condemnation. Mm -hmm. And instead, I see a room full of guys nodding because they've gone through the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And so there's freedom and there's liberation in living in community. And there's also, as we said earlier, and your verse said earlier, 
you can get sick from having secrets in your life. Mm-hmm. And there's a fear, oh, what if someone finds out? What if someone finds out? The first time I gave my testimony, there was lots of dark stuff in there from when I wasn't walking with the Lord. I didn't respect women. I didn't respect myself. I was going down paths that were not healthy for me. And I was fearful to give that testimony because I'm like, everybody's going to know. Mm-hmm. And after I gave the testimony, it was almost an immediate release, Mm -hmm. like the bondage was gone. Mm -hmm. And instead of it being, oh, everybody's going to know, it was, oh, well, everybody knows. It can't Mm -hmm. come back to get me now. If someone comes up and says to me, hey, I heard da-da-da-da-da before you, you know, years ago you did this, this, and this, I don't have to be afraid that they found that out because I can say, everybody knows that, and that's not who I am anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Look at what God transformed me from. It's incredibly freeing, mm-hmm. and the forgiveness that we receive by going to God and the healing that we receive by being in community with other people who will hold us accountable mm-hmm. and bring us to God with the things that we're still struggling with, mm-hmm. but accept us, it's incredible. It's so powerful. Um, so, Doug, you said, as a sort of closing thought, I'll put you guys on the spot, although, yeah. Doug, you already answered the question. You said the hardest of the three for you was confessing it to other people. Yes. And that's actually a question when we're doing the Celebrate Recovery step studies. One of the questions when you get to this principle is, which of the three is hardest? Mm-hmm. Um, so how about for you, Gene? Um, well, I think it depends on the season of life. All three of them can be difficult. Mm. You know, because, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to look at yourself and go, Ugh, you know, that's that's an area. Um, I have found as I have journeyed with God for a while, uh, that's not as difficult for me um, because I know he loves me. The the I'm, I'm kind of going with Doug. I think I think others. Um, and the reason why is because when I was younger, um, and was a very young Christian, um, I did confide in some people, but I didn't really understand what a trusted person was, mm. and those things were used against me. Um, and so I think even today, um, I'm selective with that because that can be a very damaging thing to someone who's young in their faith or if it's a very sensitive area even though we say our identity is in Christ, um, somebody bringing that out in a way that's embarrassing or in a way that um, where the person is trying to define you. Because, again, the whole idea of accountability should be a mutual thing. It shouldn't be someone lording it over someone. Right. Um, you have to be careful because I think a lot of people, and that's why books like Safe People and Boundaries are, are good resources. They're not the Bible, but they're good resources to help you. And again, that could be the thing that that you examine is, hey, maybe I don't know how to trust people. God, can you kind of show me, you know, maybe I'm giving my trust away because trust needs to be earned. Right. And, you know, to be honest, the people who I put my trust in, I put my trust in them because of their title. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to be people in the church that I could trust. And they turned out to be people that were hurtful to my walk. Right. So that's a roundabout way to answer the, the question. I think we need to ask the same question of you. I think for me, I know this is strange, but I really think it's the first one. Mm. 
confessing to myself because I have such an ability to justify what I do and I so badly want to be good. You know, like Paul, like I want to do the right thing, but I don't. But I don't like admitting that. And so I think I justify things in myself. It seems like a natural progression once I realize it to go to God and to go to someone that I trust because I've been doing that for so long in Celebrate Recovery. Mm -hmm. So the way I avoid it is by not admitting it to myself. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's where my, where my struggle is. Mm. And I guess I would say to anybody who's listening today, if this idea of confessing terrifies you, and it might, or you say, I don't understand how to go about doing it, it requires community. Learning to go to God requires community. Mm -hmm. Learning to trust others and who to trust requires community, healthy community. Learning to examine yourself takes community, and we're willing to take those steps with you here at Care Ministries. We'll help you figure out the right community to plug into so that you can learn those skills. And if you need to unload a burden and something's burning on your heart right now and you want to talk to somebody, please call our care line. At the end of this podcast, you're going to hear a phone number that you can call, and we'd love to help you figure out what the next steps are, whether you have questions about this process or you need to find community to make it safe for you to make those confessions. So why don't we just close in prayer and we'll see you next week. Gene, do you want to close for us? Sure. Father, thank you for, uh, for your word and for your guidance, your promises to us. Um, Lord, help us to be aware of ourselves and as we are. Father, I pray that it will move us towards you and towards others. Uh, that we can trust. Lord, I pray that you'll bring people that we can trust into our lives. Help us uh, to acknowledge that, to be aware of that, but ultimately to seek your face, Lord, to confess to you, as your word tells us uh, in 1 John 1, 9, that you're faithful and just to forgive us. And so uh, that's a promise. And Lord, we, we hang on to that promise and we and we move in that promise in confidence that knowing that we can come to you and that you'll receive us. And so, Father, we, uh, we thank you um, for our time here. And we uh, lift all these prayers up in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless.